0: welcome to day nine of strange love of movies 12 days of christmas my name is livia martinez and i'm here with my two co-hosts oscar and emily martinez and we're going to be discussing the original 1947 version of miracle on 34th street this is my mom's favorite christmas movie and it's become one of ours
1: it is definitely far and away my favorite and it's amazing each time i watch it it still makes me laugh. I just think it's so modern in its way, um, both the characters and the messages um, and the humor. And it's it just, it, it's sweet and it has a, a good, serious Christmas message, but done in such a clever, original way.
2: And picking up on the modern theme, one of the reasons it's so modern, it starts off with a bang with a strong female character played by Maureen O'Hara, a big star back in the day. Uh, She's organizing the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and one of the reasons she looks so flustered is they actually shot this Back in the time when they didn't do things like this at the parade So they only had one chance to get certain shots with Santa Claus and the floats and things like that So it was a it once it starts and and again getting back to we mentioned this several times during these 12 days The length of the movie is perfect length. It's like 90 minutes an hour and a half. It doesn't
0: drag at all There's no filler in it at all And we watched the black and white version, but there's also a colored version that is kind of jarring since we're so used to the black and white version but don't let the black and white scare you because yeah this is a super modern film i mean it's an independent single mother and the daughter is played by natalie wood and she is such a cutie she's one of the most recognizable stars of old hollywood and she started at such a young age and she's already great she already has
1: star power and she she went on to make rebel without a cause and listen to that episode west side story and so many other famous movies as a teenager an adult but she already, you can tell from this movie that she really has something special.
0: And the little girl is super cynical because just her mom has never let her kind of believe in Christmas or fairy tales or any of that stuff. So she's like, of course Santa isn't real and all of that stuff.
2: Well, on the 34th Street in the title refers to the location of Macy's, uh, the big department store out of New York City. And that's the other way it's very modern. There's such... Even then, even then, nineteen forty-seven, there was uh, questions about the commercialization of Christmas. Oh my gosh, go to any store now in September before Halloween, and you start seeing Christmas displays. Yep. And so, what? Where does that leave you now? What's What's coming next, right?
1: And really, just to give you kind of a brief summary of the movie, it involves a man who the mom hires to play Santa in the parade, and then later hires to play Santa at Macy's. And he's what's his name? And his name is Chris Kringle. And he um, is just a really nice old man, and he looks just like Santa Claus, and everybody really loves him as Santa. But he... Shocks everybody at Macy's by doing things like recommending the best place to get certain toys, even if it's not at Macy's, and doing these other things that are judged as kind of crazy. But he explains it that he's Santa, so he has to give give People kids. True yeah, he that. has to give kids what they want.
2: And I would even say it's postmodern because even with all the feel good advertising today, you don't see Apple saying, "Yeah, go ahead and buy that Galaxy phone," because this one doesn't do that.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny, though, because you would think Mr. Macy, who is the character in this movie, he would hate that, but he actually loves that marketing tactic because there were just hundreds of letters coming in thanking him and saying how, like, selfless Macy's is. So then Gimbel's, which is another department store back in the day, they decide, oh my gosh, we need to be charitable too, like Macy's. So it's just like a back and forth of who can be a nicer store, which is a ridiculous concept.
1: And that's why I think I think this is a movie that really holds up because I loved it as a little kid because it's sweet and it kind of continues the Santa Claus idea and it doesn't really blow any of the myths about Santa Claus, but it's also so adult and you just kind of laugh about some of the expressions and some of the ways that the adults are using Santa Claus and the whole idea of Christmas to their benefit.
2: And an example of that is it's probably the only Christmas movie that includes a courtroom scene (laughs) where the judge involved is being advised by his political advisor who got him elected saying, you really don't want to take this case, and here's why. And it's just so modern because as an adult, you see oh yeah even their own families are turning against the people involved the prosecutor and the judge in this case
1: the people who are trying to prove that this man isn't Santa Claus Right. what what a terrible
0: case to be
1: against and that's
2: a no win situation
1: literally and it's another example of how we've noticed this with movies how there's always action that takes place on Christmas Eve oh yeah when is the last time that court was held on Christmas Eve in that late afternoon
0: (laughs) yeah decision day is Christmas Eve as to whether santa claus is real
2: or not well and two shout outs to our uh first uh, episode on elf there's gimbals and that remember uh, zoe de chanel and buddy the elf worked at gimbals gimbals is referenced in this in a, in a big way but also we mentioned in elf that there wasn't a villain there's a villain in this movie. Remember that guy, the psychi- the psychiatrist in quotes?
0: Yeah, he is not a psychiatrist and he's just the worst. He should there should never be someone that mean against poor old Santa.
2: He
1: is just the worst person. He's trying to sort of psychoanalyze Santa and, or, I mean, Kris Kringle, because he thinks he's just crazy and deserves to be in a mental hospital. And, um, oh, he's just, he's out to get him. And
2: then Alfred, remember, his protege, this kid who feels good about giving gifts to kids, but that must mean he did something bad in his past. This guy's terrible. He's he's as bad as uh, Mrs. Danvers and Rebecca. I think
1: that's one of the best parts of the movie is the idea that there's room for eccentricity. I mean, I think that's kind of the message. Is that obviously, as an adult, you're going to watch the movie and you're not going to believe in Santa Claus anymore.
2: What? No. Well, what? Well, don't say that.
1: Well, possibly, but um, even if you even if you don't believe in Santa. You realize that the person, Chris Kringle, the character in this movie, is a sweet old man, and he's doing no harm. He's spreading joy. And what's wrong with that? I mean, <laughs> we don't have to, we can kind of celebrate eccentricity sometimes, and um, I, I think it just kind of, again, that's another modern take, where just because somebody's different doesn't mean they're crazy. Not
0: at all. And what I was about to say is kind of crazy, but it shouldn't be looked at as crazy, but in our you know, our eyes now. The little girl hanging out with the single man all the time before the mother had even met him, a little weird.
1: That is a little strange. I know the way the mom doesn't see any problem at all with this single man in another apartment taking her daughter over there and Or taking her again, to the zoo. Or, but maybe maybe that's the problem is with us. I mean we're so nowadays we're just so nervous about we've everything. heard so many terrible stories about things happening that um we can't watch a scene like that and not kind of raise our eyebrows exactly.
2: and then later the older gentleman is in her bedroom remember she said the mom says good night to her and oh, then yeah. he appeared i almost thought oh Aren't maybe she- he's an imagination thing because yeah. he, he just appeared materialized out of nowhere in her bedroom
0: yeah santa claus is just in her bedroom which should not be creepy at all no. and it's not in this movie at all but just through our Twenty twenty eyes we see everything is bad and it should not be like that
1: yeah so what we're advising you is to watch this with as much of an innocence as you can i mean don't look for weird things and Mm -mm. think oh that's so creepy and that's so suspicious just kind of open your heart and your eyes and enjoy the the sweetness in the movie and if we want to talk about our favorite scenes i have to say probably my favorite scene is um, in the courtroom. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I hope I'm not spoiling anything. But you
0: are, so turn off this podcast <laughs> if you haven't seen
1: it.
2: Swaddle that baby. Yeah.
0: That's a Poor Christmas's <laughs> reference.
1: But um, basically, yeah, they're... Um, the U.S. Postal Service decides that Chris Kringle is Santa Claus and has all the mail that's written to Santa Claus delivered to the courthouse in New York City, and that kind of helps decide the case.
0: It's super dramatic and sweet. I think that my favorite scene, uh, it's probably the end, which I don't want to spoil, yeah, but just I love That's a great twist. Ah, oh, a great twist. It's really sweet and just it makes you happy.
1: I like
2: the part, um, I, I can't confirm or deny whether I cheered up or the little girl, the little Dutch girl is sitting on Aww. Santa's lap and you start to see the other girl, Susie is her name, isn't it Susie? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Susie. Wood character, she's like, well, how does he know her language? And, and there's a rational explanation because people know different languages, but she sensed something else and she started, and I, ultimately that's what, without spoiling it, but that's the miracle, right, is believing and having faith and things you can't see necessarily.
0: Yeah, and Mom made a good point. Like, Dutch is kind of a not very common language in America, so for him to know it it was just super sweet and made the little Dutch girl light up. Oh, so cute.
2: I know. It was good. It was good. And it's also a reminder that people have always been stressed out, so if you feel stressed out back in the 40s, I mean, they just got out of a war, and, you know, who knows what was coming up. I mean, it was just interesting seeing... How refreshing it must have been for people to see this, this film, you know. And it came out in June. Isn't that an interesting reason? In, interesting, right?
0: I wonder why. Yeah,
2: I think the idea was they wanted people to think about Christmas all year round kind of thing. Which is interesting, you know. I don't know. I think most movies, they usually start on Thanksgiving, right?
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be my marketing strategy, but okay. But that may explain why it seemed like it was a... Kind of a bigger budget movie, had bigger stars than the usual Christmas movie of the time, and actually won some Oscars, right?
0: Yeah, this may be the only Christmas movie we review that has won Academy Awards, do you think?
2: I think you might be right, and I think it was one of them was for a screenplay, right?
0: Yeah, it won three. It won for Best Story, which is not really a category anymore, Best Supporting Actor, Edmund Gwynn, and he, he's the one who played his hands up. Yeah, he was great. And right. then Best Adapted Screenplay.
2: Yeah, it was really well done. It was very original story, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's really cool to have a Christmas movie win Academy Awards. I don't think Christmas Chronicles 2 is going to be doing that this year. But it's
2: a reminder, too, it's a different time, and everyone's so dressed up. They're having dinner, and the guy's wearing a tie, and she's wearing a dress. Very formal. And, in fact, the only time the guy's not in a tie is when he's in really nice pajamas, you know? Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned earlier about how modern it is, I mean, she's divorced. I mean, this is 1947, and yet you can tell she really cares about her child and is raising her in a way to not get her heart broken, right? And it was interesting how there were some elements, especially some of the scenes they shot outside. It was black and white, very film noir-ish almost, yes. and, and yet it wasn't dark. It wasn't, it wasn't a dark film at all, and yet it was of its time in, in terms of the, the stylistic approach to it, and yet it works really well.
1: That's a good point. I think at the same time that her daughter is kind of opening up her heart and eyes to the idea of an imagination, um, the mother also is kind of opening up her heart to this new man in her life and is softening. And so it's the and as much as anything, I think the movie is about bringing people together and just kind of letting yourself be taken away by the spirit, the sweet, loving spirit of Christmas.
2: How many stockings shall we give this film?
0: I would give Miracle on 34th Street 4.5 stockings, which is great. This movie is really, really great. And it's just, it's not my favorite Christmas movie, so I can't give it five stockings. But I really do enjoy it, and I don't have any critiques.
1: And I have to give it five. Um, It is my favorite Christmas movie, and um, I think I gave Elf five. But um, they're both just super great. So I think um, this also deserves a five, I have to say.
2: I'd give it a five as well. If Elf was the top Christmas film of the 21st century, this is the top film of the 20th century.
0: You're you're really going to say that? Yes. Really? Yes. Even with Home Alone and Christmas Story? That's interesting take.
2: Yeah, because, yeah.
1: Okay. And um, Jimmy Stewart.
2: It's a wonderful line. No, there's, see, those are dark. I mean, yeah. that's dark. And, and then it's and the that's Home, why Al- it's dark. Home Alone is great, but it's so, ooh, it's violent. It's yeah. very violent. I
1: know. That's why I think, as much as, as I enjoy those movies, I think I love this
2: movie. Yeah, I would say the combination of the spirit and the humor and the drama, I think it has it all.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit, you know, even though it's an older movie, it almost seems. Like the scene like where the the wife is kind of drunk, you know, and yeah. things like that are just, they're kind of, you know, not <laughs> obvious, funny, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a good discussion, guys. Miracle on 34th Street has some interesting opinions. This is such a classic film, and if you haven't seen it yet, see the original. We actually have not seen the one from the 90s, which is a remake of it. I think we're kind of scared it would tarnish the specialness of this one. So see the one from 1947. And tomorrow, day 10 of Christmas, we're going to be talking about The Holiday, which is not as much of a Christmas movie as Miracle on 34th Street, or really any other Christmas movie, but it's still a great one. Follow us on Instagram at Pod*. and any further thoughts?
1: Well, just one more thing about this movie is another thing it reminds me of, the days before 2020. We, you could actually go out to a real store and buy Christmas gifts.
0: And visit Santa. In 2020, they're having virtual Santa like, yes. Zoom calls, which
2: yes. is so
1: sad. I know. It makes you miss the days of real Santa.
2: And we hope this movie puts you in the Christmas spirit like it put us in the Christmas spirit. And happy holidays.
1: See you guys tomorrow
0: for the holiday. Bye. <laughs>